do 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 Making your way in the world today takes everything you got. This comes to us from Jordan Maywood. Next up, we have Jordan. He's going to tell a joke. We got an answer for Jordan Maywood. Yes, Wood May. Hello, this is Penn Gillette. The possibility exists that if I were to actually listen to the Liberal Cube podcast featuring host Jordan Maywood, I could potentially enjoy it. Eh, I'll ring an endorsement, I guess. Potentially enjoy this episode, which will start after the other half of my magical comedy duo, Teller, gives us a countdown. Take it away, Teller. Hello, welcome to the LibroCube. Uh, my name is Jordan Maywood and I am the Lackadaisical LibroCubicalist. The show is like a journey, a incredible journey into my brain. Incredible journey in terms of almost kind of, sort of, kind of, sort of the movie Incredible Journey, which I don't know if I've ever seen. I feel like I have, or from context clues of other things, I know what it's about, where people are shrunken down and travel inside a body and a journey that is incredible because of what I just said shrunken down inside body this is like that without all the nasty shrunkenness and probably I assume being attacked by white blood cells at one at one point in that movie that's got to happen right foreign matter foreign bodies white blood cells don't like that yeah uh, I ran a and d campaign or am running currently should say uh, in which uh, uh, the players at one point were inside a giant leviathan thing and uh, white blood cells attacked them and then they would like explode uh, when they uh, when they were killed and, and it was a whole big mess really is what I'm saying and so was this podcast obviously as you could tell from what's happened so far in it oh boy okay so to unmessify this I'm going to push a button that will start a series of five five-minute timers that will hopefully keep us on track like this. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, let's get ready to review some things. Monologue. Today's movie monologue sponsor is Wojohowitz. Spelled how it sounds. Thank you for that sponsorship of this admittedly strange movie monologue in which I have one movie and one TV show. Oh god, that is ridiculous that I'm doing that. But you know what it was? I hadn't recorded, I have not recorded in quite a while, like a couple of weeks. And the only reason I hadn't really is because I hadn't watched enough movies. Uh, so I decided, uh, you know what, I, I got enough other stuff and one movie. So why not uh, cobble something together just so that I record something? Because uh, if it just keeps backing up and backing up, I'll run out of banked episodes. And that's no good for no one. For no one. So movie the first and the only movie of this movie monologue, and then we're going to go to a TV show, is called Abnormal Attraction from 2018. This is a weird one. In a world where mythical creatures are real, monsters and humans are forced to coexist. And as prejudice and insecurity pulls everyone apart, three separate storylines manage to come together. Yes. You can kind of tell by that. Uh, and the fact that this movie has 
Malcolm McDowell, Malcolm McDowell, uh, Gilbert Gottfried, uh, uh, fucking Ron Jeremy, just to name a few people in it. <laughs> this is a, it's a weird thing. And it is a collection of three different stories. Um, I, I don't know what to say about it. It's strange, and I don't know if I like it necessarily. Like, I, I do like strange movies, but is this so bad it's good? Is it just bad? God, uh, I think I'm going to go 3.1, which, you know what? I can almost guarantee I've never given that rating before. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with my rating scale, uh, 3 is enjoyed while watching, but probably wouldn't watch again. Um, this probably fits into that category, but there is something about it too. The, the, the strangeness of it makes me think, hey, you know what, somewhere down the road, something would be tickled in my brain where if this came up, I'd sort of have a vague remembrance of it and be like, yeah, you know what, that thing was weird. Let's rewatch that. So that's, that's the point one. Um, just on the one note of, uh, Gilbert Gottfried there, uh, I think I've sort of teased this a little bit in the last couple episodes, maybe. Um, for my episode 500, which uh, I got many plans in the work, one of which involves Gilbert Gottfried. Hmm, isn't that interesting? Okay, without further ado, let's segue from uh, uh, that one movie in this movie monologue to a television show by the name of Barney Miller. Ah... Uh, you know what, just before we even talk about that, if you uh, go to my YouTube channel, I think if you just Google uh, or go on YouTube and type in Jordan Maywood, it'll come up. Uh, I made a video of Barney Miller, but uh, I re replaced uh, the Barney Miller of the show with Barney the Dinosaur in a sort of mash -em up which you can watch. And strangely, very strangely, uh, the theme song of Barney Miller, which is probably got one of the greatest theme song riffs just period full stop uh sort of mashes nicely with the theme song of barney a little bit so that's a sort of odd and i like it because i like odd as probably this entire six minutes and 15 plus minutes of podcast has been evidence of uh barney miller aired yeah when did it air from it was a fucking shit ton of 170 episodes eight seasons from uh from 1975 to 1976 no no that's can't be right from 1975 to 1982 oh, okay so that's interesting i was born in 81 so uh this was still on when i was born huh curious uh famous one thing i think the show is famous for and if you're unfamiliar uh let's get the the uh if i can find uh, I'll just make it up. Uh, it's about a bunch of cops, a bunch of detectives, and their sort of day-to-day -day life. Uh, and almost every single episode, 99.9% .9 take place in one room in, in the for the, uh, cop shop, as we would call it here in Canada. I don't know what it would be called in other places. Um, it's, so it, it's not like a, a, a like a, a L.A. Law or, or your dun-dun, uh, anything like that. It's just... Uh, four or five guys in this room doing cop stuff. Which, would you say that? And it sounds boring. And it's not. I can verify because it's very, very funny. Oh yeah, as I was saying, what this show is sort of famous for, I think, uh, is whenever people bring up comedies of the past, 
uh, comedic shows of the past. Uh, this is one that always gets brought up for something that, despite being from 1975 to 1982, something that still stands up very much. Uh, and I am just shocked how much it does. Uh, how many subjects they deal with this, uh, deal with in this show that are still being dealt with today is just, it's mind-boggling the, the sort of parallels you will see if you watch the show. Just really incredible. Uh, highly, highly recommend. Uh, I think I can easily give Barney Miller a 5 out of 5. Um, full disclosure, I'm not quite at the last, uh, I, I think I'm just about to start the last season or so. Uh, but uh, you know, I, f I figured I'd jam it in here because I'd seen uh, I'd seen what I'd seen, and it's good. It reminds me a little bit of early uh, early episodes of Mash before, excuse me, before that show got all sort of preachy and weird. Uh, this will have the odd, you know, serious quote unquote episode, um, but but the comedy is is throughout for sure and done so so well. Today's Television Talk sponsor is Bateman Laundromat. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, have for you a show called Ozark, specifically Season 1. Yes, uh, this falls into the category, I do believe, of uh, shows I have heard many people on podcasts uh, mention in passing and say how good it is. I don't know if IRL I've ever really heard anyone talk about it. Maybe I have. Uh, but after all the sort of build-up, uh, I finally, and it's not goddamn easy, managed to talk the missus into uh, making this our next show. <sighs> Just on that note, she does this goddamn thing where no matter, uh, like, uh, beg, plead, the, uh, borrow? No. <laughs> borrow her patience, sure. Uh, it is so hard to convince her to watch things that I have heard are good. Uh, she needs other sources to convince her. Uh, and the reason that it is very annoying is the fact that uh, 10 times out of 10, she very much enjoys them. Um, and this has happened dozens upon dozens of times. So you would think, you would think that potentially that would change. But then I have realized the definition of insanity is doing the same thing repeatedly and expecting a different result. So I need to do something different and get a different result is what I'm thinking. Anyways, we're not here to talk about my marriage. We're here to talk about Ozark season one. Jesus Christ, this is a good show. Uh, let's just go right it off the bat. Easy, easy five out of five. Yeah, no ifs, ands, or but. <laughs> financial planner marty bird b-y-r-d-e oh you know what i thought it was actually spelled bird uh suddenly relocates the family from the chicago suburb of naperville to the summer resort community of osage beach missouri yeah let's just say chicago to missouri that's easier to understand after a money laundering scheme goes wrong and you know what i'm going to change that to goes awry because that sounds better and he must make amends to the Mexican drug cartel by setting up a bigger laundering operation in the Ozarks. Hence the name of the show. Oh. 
When the birds arrive in Missouri, they become entangled with local criminals, including the Langmores and Snells. Snells. <laughs> Every time I hear that name on the show, I get a little, little, little giggle. Snells. Is, is there anyone actually named Snells? You know what? I'll tell you right now. If someone listening to this, your last name is Snell, and you can prove it, send me a photo ID, picture of your photo ID. I will uh, uh, PayPal you one dollar. Hmm. <laughs> uh, first come, first serve. <laughs> there you go. I've got my base covered. Yeah. Uh, this show takes twists and turns, uh, as quite often comes up on this podcast. Anything where if I watch and I have no idea what's going to happen next, which feels a little like a rarity, like I'd go like, if I had to guess off the top of my head, 80% of the things I watch, I could sort of tell what's going to happen next. And there's, it's just the thing. I don't know. You watch enough media, you start to notice things. You consume enough books and TVs and movies and video games. And if that's all you do fucking all day, 24-7, you're going to start to notice things and things sort of click into place. But then... Uh, the, the rare shows or movies or TV or, or books or whatever come along like this where every twist and turn you you honestly don't know what's going to happen next uh, I was a little uh, so so that's amazing a, a slightly slightly reticent of uh, Jason Bateman in a serious role uh, but but then he's normally sort of the straight man in his uh, in, in his movies, and whenever he's in a comedic role, he's usually sort of a calm, straight man who eventually explodes. Uh, so, and the other sort of thing is, the comedians can do drama easier than drama actors can do comedy. I, I think that's just a just a fact. Period. Full stop. Uh, because it's it, it's it's easier, <laughs> and, and this is other. Uh, yeah. Okay. Well, we're out of time, but. Please, please, please watch uh, Ozark. Uh, So, so very good. Let me know what you think. Audience participation. Conan, the librarian. Don't you know the Dewey Decimal System? Book banter. Today's book banter is rather another television talk. And its sponsor is... Sweets. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, yeah, I uh, had a lot of TV, uh, as mentioned. Uh, I was sort of held up by my lack of movie watching because I guess I've been watching more TV shows. Hmm. Well, what are you going to do, right? This, what I'm doing now. Uh, okay, so this one is a, is a strange one. <laughs> Needless to say, we had abnormal attraction. I said that was weird. This is twice as weird, if not more so. Uh, Kentaro, colon, the Sweet Tooth Celery Man is the title of this thing, uh, available on Netflix. Uh, I, I, I do believe it is a Netflix-created television show. Uh, it is Japanese, very much so. Uh, it's about, <laughs> yeah, I do have the, the description open. Maybe it yeah, does it have a plot? Okay, let me see if I can do this without reading anything. So there's this guy, right? A salary man is like a businessman. I, I don't really know if there's a, a something you could use to distinguish the differences between the two. So there's this businessman in Japan, and uh, he's sort of a, a really buttoned down, uh, very good at his job, 
uh, anal retentive to the max. Uh, work, 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 work. That's his outward sort of appearance. Uh, nothing but work on his mind 24-7, and he's going to get the job done. Uh, yeah, which I, I don't, I, that's a very sort of Japanese thing, I feel like. Uh, the salary man, uh, maybe different from the businessman in that that dedication is gets to sort of extreme levels because it's part of the culture sort of thing. I'm putting question marks on the end of some of these sentences, just so you know. Uh, okay, so we got that, uh, the, the, that guy, the main guy, uh, Kentaro. K-A-N-T-A-R-O. Okay, but... Bubbling underneath that, that that cool exterior is a love, nay, a passion for sweets, for sugary delights, uh, a, a passion that cannot be contained or held back, uh, and <laughs> it's fucking bizarre. Basically, the show is this guy uh, plays hooky from his job, which uh, really lets you know that uh, his de- desire for sweets is so strong. Uh, that he can't even contain himself. And he'll go to these uh, uh, restaurants in, in, in various parts of Japan. Uh, res- not restaurants, maybe, but like sweet shops. Restaurants, yeah. Uh, and then sort of experience these uh, these dessert delights. Uh, and the things that happen when he does are strange. We'll get some, some real good B-roll of the actual desserts, but then he'll sort of seemingly orgasm... <laughs> pretty sure he does uh, and, and then sort of travel to the land of sweets where maybe someone's head will turn into a berry and uh, <laughs> I don't even know how to explain this thing it's fucking bizarre uh, and, and then he'll write a blog about his experiences uh, it, uh, and how delicious these things are a sort of food blog and then uh, one of the girls he this is where some of the drama quote unquote I guess comes in. One of the girls he works with thinks that this button down guy is uh, this 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 blogger who she's reading about uh, all his uh, food uh, journeys and she wants to find him out. Yeah, drama there. Basically, uh, it's insane. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, I will admit that uh, quite often, in fact, uh, just about every time, now that I think about it, uh, I will watch this on Sunday after I smoke a little of the Devil's Lettuce, which uh, maybe adds to the insanity of the show, uh, but it, it really does the combination of weirdness and then uh, sort of the shots, and it, it, it makes you want these desserts. And again, Devil's Lettuce may having some of... Uh, the effect on me that these delicious foods somehow, somehow look even more delicious. I don't know. It's very, very strange. Uh, one thing I gotta say is, uh, let's pause that timer for a second. Uh, something about Japanese desserts, like, he's done some non-Japanese ones, like, I think, uh, last one was, like, an eclair or something like that, and it's usually one episode focused on one dessert, so they really dive deep into whatever that dessert is, and, like, They'll, like, tell a story about it, like, who invented it, or, or, and talk about the shop, and, like, the shop owner, and how long it's been there, and, like, go deep into these insane details. Um, what was I gonna say? Oh, yeah, uh, the Japanese-specific desserts, there's some strange things, and I feel like fucking, like, 90% of Japanese desserts have, uh, beans in them. 
like red beans he's always talking about these red beans and showing pictures of these red beans and i've never really had beans in a dessert but you know maybe that's the thing over there uh makes me uh, this has come up i'm sure before too uh my one most desirable place to go on this globe would be japan tokyo sort of that area so this is adding to that desire it's just that flight getting over there with the back that i have and being you know, over six feet tall and well the expense as well many things keeping me from doing it but uh, i feel like one day one day oh yeah rating uh jeez a, a, a bloop by the bleep because it's fucking weird Today's game, Gavin Sponsor, is Persistence of Memory Laboratory. Thank you for that sponsorship. Okay, uh, I don't know if this has come up yet. Uh, my Oculus Rift died. Oh. Uh, but the good people over at Oculus did replace it uh, with a refurbished unit, despite the fact that it was actually out of warranty. Uh, I do believe it was cable-related. All my internet searches and attempts to fix which were, let me tell you, goddamn innumerable. Uh, I probably spent uh, over a month in trying to fix it on my own, trying to fix it with the help of Oculus, uh, giving up on fixing it, and then the process of trying to get it replaced was not easy. I will say that. It did happen, so for that I am grateful. Uh, and have a new one. So, uh, I have for you here some of the uh, VR... Uh, whenever I do VR, I usually don't so much call them games as experiences. Uh, but some of these are a little gamey. So uh, I've done a little bit of cleanup because I haven't played any in a while. So that's what I did when I, once I was up and running again. So first is uh, Blade Runner 2049 colon Memory Lab. Oh. Yeah, uh, so I, I guess this came out a while ago if it came out in conjunction with Blade Runner 2049, which is a movie that I didn't much care for. But this was pretty cool. Uh, you're playing from the perspective of... Uh, one of the robot guys, what are they called? Uh, I don't really care. <laughs> uh, and you killed a human, which is not good. You're not supposed to do that. And then we're sort of going through your memories, like hopping around, uh, scanning things in your memory, changing things, altering things, trying to figure out why you did what you did. Uh, and it's a very, very cool idea and executed well. Uh, it was a lot of fun, very interesting. Uh, so I uh, would recommend that one. And free. Uh, I think, yeah, all of these are free. All these ones are going to talk about. In fact, most of the VR things I've done, just sort of period full stop, have been free things. So, uh, cool. Like, I haven't delved too much. I think the reason I haven't delved did uh, too much into paying for VR stuff is because I find I can't spend a great amount of time in there uh especially depending on the game which we have one here where i lasted about 10 seconds uh because uh, I, I do get a little of the vr queasiness so you know uh next one is called blindfold yeah this one was pretty fucked up you, and, and you do get the odd fucked up vr experience basically you're in a torture chamber uh, in some sort of uh, uh middle eastern country or was it eastern european country somewhere somewhere over there <laughs> 
Uh, yeah, that's uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and uh, 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 you're someone is sort of killed in front of you. Uh, uh, the the torture guy, let's just call him. He's trying to get information out of you. The only interaction you have with it is uh, nodding, like physically IRL nodding or shaking your head as he asks you questions. Uh, and it's pretty fucked up that one. Uh, it's, I, I, I don't want to say it feels real necessarily that you're going to be killed if you don't uh, fess up for these crimes that you did or did not commit. But uh, you know, it's an interesting thing to put yourself in a situation like that inside VR. I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. Uh, next one is uh, Dreams of Dali. Uh, um, this took the works or some of the works of Salvador Dali and uh, put them into a sort of scenario you can walk around in. So that was kind of cool. I don't know if it was a specific piece of art or just Dali-esque stuff. Uh, but, but uh, you know, just some cool visuals. Uh, there's one point where you get to like the top of a giant statue and sort of look down. That was a little freaky. Uh, cool, cool stuff. Uh, next one, uh, interesting, uh, it was called Dispatch. Um, there was multiple parts, uh, the first one being free. You're playing a dispatcher, uh, like a, a, a emergency operator dispatcher, uh, and you're sort of taking calls, uh, and the way they do it is you can sort of see, uh, what's happening on the other end, almost like, what is it, like, uh, daredevil vision, uh, is kind of how it felt like. Uh, so there's sort of uh, crazy scenarios and you're sort of picturing what happens on the other end of the line. A uh, very, very interesting idea. I've never really experienced anything like it, which is something just sort of of VR, these new experiences. Uh, all of these things I think I've said so far are things I've never experienced in my life. So that fact that I could just sort of sit down and for a couple of minutes do something I've never done, cool right there, period, full stop. Okay, last, epic roller coaster. Yeah, I <laughs> uh, got to the top of the first one, uh, the, 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 the first incline, started going down, immediately thought I was going to vomit, uh, and as they say, of, uh, of VR sickness, let's call it, uh, you can't fight through it, you, you, you can't uh, man, quote unquote, man up and just push through, uh, it, it's going to overtake you. Uh, you got to stop. And literally, you know, it's fucking bizarre. Literally, I'm thinking of it right now. And I just got a little, uh, <laughs> like a little uh, feeling. Uh, yeah, so so those ones I can't do. I, I just wanted to try it. And uh, I also got it because I want to put the misses on that one. Because she said she wanted to try a roller coaster one. But I got to say, uh, maybe it's the, like, that one was free, as I mentioned. Maybe there's better quality ones. Like, that's something they say of VR uh, sometimes lack of quality uh, can lead to that sickness, and I think I can verify that fact. So, you know, cool stuff. internet intercourse sponsor is gummy bear ears thank you for that sponsorship okay have for you not uh, too much here but uh, some exciting things in the world of internet specifically yes all podcasts related this week okay so uh first and foremost or first at least if not foremost 
uh, the Church of What's Happening Now with host Joey Coco Diaz had guest Mike Tyson. What? Yeah, actually been seeing a little bit of Mike Tyson around uh, lately. He's plugging some stuff. Apparently he did like a one-man show and uh, is starting a, if not a uh, marijuana, like a, a pot line, a, a line of different marijuanas. I, I think he's opening, it sounds like he's opening like a pot-themed resort of some sort. So, you know, that's something. Mike Tyson, pot-themed resort. What could go wrong? <laughs> oh yeah, actually I heard he's going to have like, uh, like a zoo as well. Yeah, that's just what you want. You want people smoking pot 24-7 and a zoo. What could go wrong? Jesus. Uh, the, the, the sort of fascinating thing of this uh, interview and the reason that I brought it back and the reason that I love podcasts uh, is the sort of in-depth look at both Joey and Michael, uh, Michael, Michael Tyson, <laughs> from the perspective of uh, here's two people who somehow, some way, had such crazy uh, beginnings to to their lives um, that there were so many similarities. It, w- it was quite odd, actually. Uh, the the sort of lives that they love led up until this point, and now they sort of meet together on this podcast in the year twenty eighteen. So, cool uh, or twenty nineteen? Yeah, <laughs> forgot what year it was. There is what just happened. <sighs> Anyways, uh, yeah, so uh, I, I would recommend uh, checking that one out. Next we have the Doughboys just completed their Munch Madness, which is, of course, uh, alluding to March Madness, which apparently was in March. It's funny, I heard a lot of uh, podcasts uh, doing March Madness-related stuff that had nothing to do with actual uh, uh basketball uh, march madness is basketball right i'm pretty sure it's college basketball showing my lack of sports knowledge right there uh so so people take this uh, this march madness thing and, and throw it into other things in the case of the doughboys they used it as a backdrop for reviewing taco places ah, uh, a professional podcaster which i obviously obviously i'm not would uh, perhaps let you know which uh, which taco joint won uh, their bracket. However, I am not professional and did not write it down. And actually, I'm going to say I did it on purpose so that you uh, have to go over there and uh, listen to it yourself because uh, those guys are goddamn hilarious. Uh, actually, uh, somehow, some way, got the missus to listen to an episode. Oh, yeah, we were going to Toronto Comic Con. Uh, so uh, there and back we listened to an episode and she was shocked uh, not being the uh, podcast queen of sewer that I am that uh, uh, one of the episodes in which it was Taco Bell versus something I forget which one uh, it was 40 minutes into the episode before they had even started talking about the the the, the tacos themselves uh, and she was shocked that that how, how is that even possible um, a, a show uh, where they talk about tacos and burritos and 40 minutes in and they haven't even mentioned them that's ridiculous but no no that is the delight the 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 sheer joy of podcasting Mm. speaking of that's a nice segue actually to the last kevin pollock's chat show uh end of an era 
truly, truly end of an era. Uh, the reason I had to bring this back is because uh, if it weren't for Kevin Pollock's chat show, I wouldn't be 483 plus episodes into this very podcast. Uh, as I like to say uh, on his podcast episode one, I came for the LeVar Burton and stayed for the Kevin Pollock. Uh, that's before I even knew what a podcast was. Um, that's before I was listening to them. I, I just sort of saw that on YouTube one day, uh, and started watching them. Um, I watched that and then I would watch other ones. And then I learned it was something that you could listen to. <laughs> uh, and then that sent me down the road where I am today, uh, not only, uh, doing my own, uh, but also highly, highly addicted to them, uh, listening listening to them at uh, two times speed for the reason that I have so many to listen to because I love them so much. <sighs> so thank you and uh, goodbye Kevin Pollock's chat show. You will be missed. Uh, presumably with the popularity of Miss Maisel, he's uh, having difficulty uh, finding the time to record. Uh, and, and, and something of podcast, uh, you never know, they might be back. It's uh, not impossible. Not impossible. What is Unpossible is that you made it to the end of this, you weirdo. You know what? You are a weirdo, and I do love you. And uh, one final thing to say, hmm? not really a segue. It's nice to be nice to the nice. Done and done. And I mean done. Done and done. <laughs> I like Ron. This is the end of the show. A sincere thank you for listening. Time to plug some things and I do not mean. But. You can like us on Facebook. You can follow Jordan underscore Maywood on Twitter. You can subscribe and comment on iTunes. Lastly, if you would like to contact the podcast, you can email. Jordan.Maywood at gmail.com I would like to conclude that I am not a robot and that I have a theory. I've got a theory that it's a demon, a dancing demon. Something isn't right there. I've got a theory. The best is yet to come, and babe, won't it be fine? You think you've seen the sun, but you ain't seen it shine. Wait till the warm-up's underway. Wait till our lips have met. Wait till you see that sunshine day You ain't seen nothing yet The best is yet to come and be Won't it be fine The best is yet to come Live long and prosper